welcome to the podcast In Progress by TravelFit. I'm your host, Chris Walker, the founder of TravelFit. I'll be taking you on a journey where I interview small business entrepreneurs to worldwide celebrities, where we hear each person's stories and how they overcame their own challenges to achieve their professional and personal goals in life. We dive into how to create a successful life through health, fitness, and developing a stronger mindset, and how travel can impact our life for the better. If you feel stuck in life, then this podcast is for you. Today's episode is with Gideon, an identity coach, actor, and ex-rugby league player. In today's interview, we dive into Gideon's story from chasing a rugby career dream to stripping for money in his low points in life, to then finding a passion in the art of acting, and now inspiring others through his identity coaching through cultivating strengths with the power of your why. We touch on how to take control of your life, what books you need to read, what's stopping you from becoming your best, and how your environment dictates your future and what the future holds for Gideon over the next few years. Thanks so much for listening in, guys. Enjoy. Thanks so much for joining me today. For people listening in, who are you and what is it that you do? Well, I'm Gideon Mazembe, Brisbane-based wellness coach. Uh, To be specific, I'm an identity coach. So I work predominantly with clients that have got an uneven balance between work and life. So ultimately, yeah, the idea is to come in and yeah, explore through conversation how we can make their lifestyle a little bit more empowering and healthy ultimately. Epic. How did you um, start, start in this journey of like becoming an identity coach? Like tell us a little bit about, you know, what your upbringing was like and a transition from your upbringing to the present moment. Right. So, I mean, yeah, it's been a bit of a journey. Uh, I came to Australia in 1993. So originally I'm from Malawi, which is a small country in Southeast Africa. And yeah, we came here in 93, hit the ground running North Brisbane in Kalanga is where I did my primary school. Um, And then went to Nambo primary after that. And then, Fell in love with the game of rugby league, so much so it earned me a scholarship to attend Ipswich Boys Grammar. Uh, After five years there, I received a rugby league contract with uh, Brisbane Broncos. I did a three-year stint with them, uh, never saw first grade. So that was the first point of my life where I felt um, a sense of depression, if you will, a sense of not not back, you know, uh, identity crisis, et cetera, et cetera. I just felt invalidated because I'd done all the hard work to get to somewhere only to be told after three years that I wasn't good enough. And so I hit rock bottom. My self-worth went down, self-sabotaging, all that stuff. And then I was thrown a lifeline by Manly Sea Eagles, another rugby club um, down in uh, New South Wales. And after a year there, Des Hasler decided, again, I was in – you know, what they were looking for. So back to rock bottom, I hit. And I was struggling with, you know, identity issues, self-worth. And, you know, I've wandered through life asking myself the question, what am I doing here? Where do I belong, et cetera, et cetera. 
wondering if there is life after football. Um, I'd only been professional for five years and I was still young. I was 25 years old. And I watched my brother in a play called Antigone, which is a Greek, Greek play. And I fell in love with the idea of him being on stage as a thespian. So much so, I decided to go away, did the studies, uh, studied at New York Film Academy, went off to LA to finish that off. And then I studied at the Actors Conservatory, got the paperwork, hit the ground running, did a few shows, um, just to name a couple, Prize Fighter, which was nominated for numerous awards. I myself was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. And then after that, I did George Orwell's Animal Farm, where I played boxer. Great tour, both of them national tours. And uh, ultimately, I felt that sense of validation coming back. And in doing so, I sat back and, you know, reviewed my life and, and just had a look at my ups and downs and what, you know, what the outcome of each situation brought and, you know, the experiences it brought. And I realized I'd left my power in a lot of people's hands, you know, my sense of happiness, et cetera, et cetera. And so I decided that I didn't want anyone else to experience what I experienced and make the decisions that I made. So I created a platform called Zambition. Ultimately, the, the mantra itself is you are more than what you have become you're more than what happens to you. And that stands to represent that you're not to be defined by your circumstances, that at any given moment, you know, with it, you know, changing of conversation, you can change the trajectory of your life. And that brings me here to today, you know. Wow. That's epic. It's huge. Yeah, man. It's like pretty diverse. So you're kind of going from like one end of the spectrum to the complete other. What was it like, you know, shifting from, you know, a rugby league player to an actor? It was difficult. It was very, you know, the rugby world, the sporting world, but rugby in particular, I could only relate to. Um, I didn't realize how much ego was I was drip had, you know, been driving me until I entered the arts world, where a great deal of vulnerability is required for you to invest in character, and you know, so that was my big block. That's what I had to work through um, was my vulnerability, you know, understanding what it is and the power that it holds, and you know, the potential that you can have with that to to further your experience in the industry yeah what do you think the biggest block for you was like what part of your ego do you feel you had to drop to do that so i would say being afraid to be seen for who i am and Mm -hmm. how i am you know um i just felt that i'd always i'd mastered the art of you know putting forth a mask of perfectionist and 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 i'm all good and this, that, and the other. And so when I was introduced into the arts world to play, for example, my first role that I uh, received was a guy that fell in love with a girl from a different race and um, different culture, et cetera, et cetera. But it was hard for me to showcase love because I'd never really allowed myself to experience love, if you will, you know, and uh, I hope none of my ex-girlfriends are listening. But it, you know, it really made me question what is what is it that I'm hanging on to and for what reason, mm. you know, and why am I afraid to be seen as I am? And so, yeah, it's been a journey since. That's cool. When yeah. you're kind of playing those roles and, like, do you find that you have to really dive into emotional states to, like, really get the best out of each moment when you are acting or do you feel like it's just something that comes naturally now? You still, uh, it's, there's still a great deal of investment. You know, um, you have to pay respects to the actor, 
I'm sorry, the writer, you know, when they're telling the story, you want to know what this character is about in their world. And then when you adapt the character, that's when the emotional investments take place. But um, it, it never really comes as second nature, if you will. There is always a great deal of work that you've got to put in. Yeah. So going from like, you know, obviously rugby to act is like, like we said, like a complete shift and obviously going from like full, I guess you could say like masculine to like a bit more like feminine. Right. What do you think it is that, you know, made you so pulled to rugby at the start as well? Yeah. R- r- growing up, well, when we first came to Australia, you know, um, very limited in speaking English, you know, I could string one sentence, which was, hi, hello, my name is Gideon. And so with that, being limited in speaking English, I found it difficult to, you know, make friends, etc. And so rugby league for me was a symbol of breaking barriers. It allowed me to make friends and, and you know, go on tours and sleep at my friends' houses, etc., etc. So it was a, ultimately, it was a tool for me to break out of the first Gideon from African Gideon to welcome to Australia, Gideon. And I think when I look back now, it ran its course, you know, ultimately into my adult years that I wasn't made to play rugby forever. Yeah. It, it, it served its purpose, you know? So, yeah. That's cool. And it's interesting because yeah. you obviously, you can, even just you talking about it, talking about it's running its course and you shifting the, your own identity throughout this process. Yeah. I think like a lot of rugby players um, or like, you know, country dudes or whatever it may be, they kind of, they, they flow to these things. They go to these things because these are the things that allow them to have exactly that connection with other people, but they don't have the realization that the connection that they're seeking, they can get from all other areas without being judged as well. Correct. Correct. What do you think is the most like toxic, um, trait about being in the rugby league community and how, what do you think needs to improve? Well, I think they're working on it now, but in my time, you know, I just feel it's too glorified, if you will. And if you're on the come up, you want to experience that sense of glorification and you tend to suppress your, you know, open-mindedness to experience life. And you start to narrow yourself and see that as the only thing to do in life, you know? So, I got this thing where I talk about self-worth and net worth and net worth has not necessarily got to do anything with finance. It's got to do with what other values do you bring to the environment that you're, you're, you're going through. And a lot of the rugby players, you know, they don't study, they don't do other extracurricular things. They just look at that sense of glorification and they want to take part in that. And I think that's very toxic because, you know, if you look at the rate of people that don't succeed in becoming a professional, they you know, they're stuck in life trying to work out, well, I've just invested five years of my life for that glory road and I'm not there. Who else am I to become? And you get this identity crisis, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, that, I think um, the glorification is rugby. Yeah. Do you find that um, being no, I don't know what the paths are like now, but do you find that, like, did you see a lot of other rugby players, like, kind of fall behind and not have a path to kind of pursue after rugby or even like if they didn't make that that uh, percentage of um, what you said absolutely absolutely yeah. and um, I was def- I was one of them you know when Broncos let go of me I was looking left and right wondering what I'm gonna do you know and truth be told 
I and I jumped on a boat called Wild Boys Afloat, and uh, I became a male stripper. You know, so happy days. I was making big bucks, baby. But you know, that was soul crushing in a sense. But I just was just getting involved in life. I didn't know where to go, and I just wanted to be a part of something and anything. Mm. But you know, and there's players today that are still going through it. So that's part of my journey as well to help those those guys. Yeah. And it's interesting, hey, because you kind of have to do all these different things to really find what you like, what you don't like, experience life. And if it is, you know, you, you know, when you've got that, all right, well, this is all we do and this is all we focus on. I see the success component of it, of like that obsession. Absolutely. Um, obviously, there's that other component of like, all right, well, what do you do if, you know, that happens? You get cut and then you have to redefine and recorrect everything in your life. Exactly. I could only imagine there'd be a lot of people even today who go down that path, but they end up just getting stuck yep. and they just come become like a full victim and they just have no idea what to do. And they, they can't change because there's no mentors. There's no guidance. There's no pathways. Absolutely. Absolutely. What and I think rugby league is working on that at the moment. Um, I've just teamed up with QUT college, uh, Kelvin Grove, and we are working on something to, to implement into the, the rugby league world. But I know some clubs have definitely started that, like the Penrith Panthers, they've, they've got the pathways and, and um, yeah. So, yeah. What was um, one of the, one of your, your favorite moments playing rugby? I would definitely say, without a doubt, my favorite moments playing are, uh, would be when I finally got the tap on the shoulder to play against the Melbourne Storm, uh, Brisbane Broncos' first Melbourne Storm trial game in Melbourne. So one of the players, Michael, um, Steve Michaels, was injured. And, you know, I felt sorry for him, but at the same time I was rejoicing. And I got the tap on the shoulder and Wayne said, hey, mate, um, unfortunately Steve Michaels is injured. You come to Melbourne. And there I was in Melbourne, marked up against Greg Inglis. And he scored four tries on me. But yeah. uh, regardless, the experience was good. You know, we were at the MCG. The stadium was full. It was just a great experience overall. And, uh, yeah. That's epic. It would have been, like, one of those moments where you're like, wow, like, this is what we've been, like, working towards as well. Exactly. Like, and do you find in acting, what moment was that for you there? Yeah, well, this this one I get a little bit emotional when I talk about it, but um. You know, the journey to the acting was a daunting one because I was dealing with a lot of demons um, at the same time as doing the studies. And eventually when I'd finished doing my acting, trying to get the work was twice as hard. You know, I thought once you get the degree, the phone calls would come. But through thousands of auditions, I finally landed a role with a play called Prize Fighter, which went, went and did national tours, as I was saying. Um, and being the support, supporting actor in that the lead actor was my brother and I would have to say doing a national tour alongside my brother has probably been the highlight of my my life in in, in general so yeah and so yeah. you've got two brothers one brother one sister yeah. one brother one sister um and it's just your brother that acts or did your sister do acting as well she's an actress as well yeah 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 and have you done anything with her not yet uh, I've written, I've written some stuff, and she'll be involved with that. So yeah, cool. What yeah. so you're gonna do some of your own directing? Yeah, absolutely. We're, yeah. we're actually working on a project at the moment, a short film, which I 
plan to turn into a feature. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's what it was. I was telling you about um, James, the guy I was talking, who's been on the podcast. Does, right. Yeah. 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 It's feature films. I'm pretty sure he does. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. We've solved the problem. Yeah. It's only taken like a, a week or so, but we figured it out here. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. He recently, another thing, I'll remember what it is, but he's done yeah. a few uh, fe- feature films as well and whatnot. And, um, yeah. So that, that's cool. That's epic. Yeah. So where do you find yourself looking in the acting perspective? Are you still going to play around in acting or you want to completely shift it up and pursue more of a directing path? Uh, I mean, the arts world uh, altogether is something that I, it's more of, more of a hobby now. I'm focused more on ambition yeah. and really creating that community of empowered individuals. That's the, you know, the, the ultimate uh, vision and, and, and goal right there. So, you know, it's it's a lifetime commitment for me. So, yeah. Oh, what with so diving into you know Zambition, how how has it been created? And you know, tell us a little bit about like what the whole mission is with it. Right. So the mission of Zambition um, is to create a community of empowered individuals and leading with the philosophy and a reminder that you know you are more. You, you're not to be defined by your circumstance. So. The platforms at the moment we're using is, you know, the personal training or the boot camp aspect, workshops, the public talks, um, creating the courses uh, through Teachable. Um, so, so far, those are the platforms. And hopefully that can spread off and we, we keep highlighting and bring forth this awareness that our circumstances are not who we are. You know, they're an experience. And I often remind people the word experience has got the word expire in it. So your experiences expire, but you, you progress and you go forth. So, yeah. And it's kind of one of those things too, I guess, like with experience creates, you know, that emotional attachment to something that can negatively or positively like change. Absolutely. Absolutely. With your own experiences. So obviously you've touched on like some pretty challenging times in your life. Why do you think the, the positive impact was from, you know, your most challenging time in life and, you know, was that the rugby league for you or was it another experience that really forced you to change your perspective? And did you eventually see the change for the better? Yeah, I would say it was the, the being let go from rugby league. Um, my change, I'm a sober man now. You know, I used to be a big drinker, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I sat with myself at Kangaroo Point, which is a section here in Brisbane. There's a set of stairs. It's a beautiful lookout. Uh, I drove there at 2.30 a.m. in the morning, and I just I just sat with myself. Um, and I just broke down crying and started asking myself questions. You know, who am I? Where am I going? And it was just difficult to answer these questions. And I realized a lot of the time I was, you know, reflecting on things that were about what people expected of me and, you know, I was at that time. I was hosting nightclubs. I was stripping on boats, <clears throat> doing certain things, and I feel that was my rock bottom. And I was stuck. I was left with my own voice, and I realized in that moment that everything that I thought was significant, which was other people's expectations or perceptions on me, I thought those were important. But I realized I neglected myself for so long, and it is now time, you know to pay attention to me and empower me and, and, you know, start building, building from there. And yeah. And here we are today. 
five years sober and doing the good stuff. That's cool. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's always a good, like a cool opportunity to like reflect on that. Cause you, you kind of think now, like you're like, wow, like we hit, we hit the wall there. So yeah, <laughs> I'm glad we're not at the wall anymore, but like, it, it's also like a blessing in disguise. Cause you kind of like, well, wow. Like, how powerful am I to actually completely change myself, pick myself up and then, you know, literally create your new reality that you have today, which is, epic, you know, Absolutely. you're doing things like what speaking um, at corporate and professional events. Yeah. Um, you've got your own one-on-one stuff. You've got your coaching act done act. You're doing acting, you're looking at directing, like there's some pretty wild things happening at once. So it's pretty yeah, man. to yeah. see it all kind of start to unfold. What do you yeah. think is the thing that, you know, what do you personally believe stops people from shifting their mindset and their identity? I'll definitely say conversation. You know, often I ask people, what are you saying about yourself to yourself? You know, a great deal of our lives, most of us, we know exactly what to say about ourselves to others with a great deal of conviction, you know, but can we have that level of conviction when we're having a conversation about ourselves to ourselves? And if I found if you have no clarity in the conversation about yourself, you have more clarity about who you are obligated to be. And when your position in, in that requirement starts to expire or becomes mundane, you have this loss of identity and, you know, motivation, et cetera, et cetera. So I would definitely say, the conversation that you're having to yourself about yourself is mm. is a great deal of significance. That's your foundation, ultimately. So is that yeah. like, would you say, like asking yourself the right questions as well? Yeah, I mean, that, that's part of it as well. Part of the yeah. conversation is asking yourself the questions, you know, um, re- and and starting the conversation about your desired outcomes, et cetera, et cetera. They don't have to be grand, but just little things, you know, why is it important for me not to have a drink this week? And then you break that down. You know, yeah. one of the great examples I have, um, I, I talk about Catherine in all my talks. Catherine has given me permission to talk about her. She was 135 kilograms and she came to me and she just wanted PT. And I said, Catherine, I love you with all my heart, but I need to know your why. And she said, oh, I just want to lose weight, get in and feel good. I said, yeah, well, a glass of wine feels good. You know, watching rerun of Seinfeld feels good. When something else feels good that will come along, it will detract you off. I need you to have a strong why. She went away for a couple of days and then came back. And she said to me, I want to see um, Stacy as an eight-year-old daughter. She said, I want to see Stacy graduate high school. That's why I want to, I said, boom, now we're cooking. Yeah, you've had you've had the conversation with yourself. You know what I mean. Mm. And so now, when she goes to have that glass of wine, she thinks of Stacy graduating. Now, when she, you know, and that's what the conversation does. It reminds you that this action I'm about to commit does it complicate or complement my desired outcome? You know, so it's a point of reference ultimately. That's cool too, because like you know, I think a lot of people, yeah, they they don't really have that conversation, or they don't like solid like create like that solid foundation why and that's why people probably do continue to fail because there's no real passion in like the purpose that they're creating for themselves to change right right so what's something that like let's just say for instance someone had 24 hours they had 24 hours and they're going to die in 24 hours unless they change their life 
Yep. What what advice would you have for someone? Stop. <laughs> I would say stop. Um, the reason being is when you stop, you will fill a natural pool. And some of us, we forget that we're being pulled because we've systematically programmed ourselves to, to live a certain way and we don't, we lose track whether it's an obligated way or, you know, we, this is what we want. So if you've got 24 hours, you will stop. And what naturally starts to pull you, you will know that that's where you want to be. You know, if you stand still, cut the noise, just shut everything down, all righty? Spend the first hour of your last 24 just silent. And then your last 23 hours, you will know exactly what to do, whether it's family, whether it's spend all your money, whatever it is will come to you with clarity. But if you move in a panic state and, you know, you know, you know, a state of panic, there's no clarity, you know? So yeah, that'd be my advice. Stop. And then you will know. That's good. It's probably the first, first, um, first person I've heard say that. So that's, that's good. That's a nice one. I like that because you're right. Because it's so interesting. My mind's boggling. Um, that's so good because it, it's so simple. Yet we all look, continue to search for answers, but we don't really sit with ourselves with enough time and have the conversation or right. ask the questions that we want to ask ourselves that we seek other people or we wait for other people to ask us. Right, right. So that's epic. What is it that you do for you, yourself mentally, physically, emotionally mind body and soul essentially i get up early first thing in the morning before the first uh cassowary starts to make all those bloody noises and um i meditate you know um and i i I be still and see what's pulling me because you know with my i spend most of my days with everybody and anybody i'm a networker i'm a socializer and i can tend to go to sleep with a lot of vibration and a lot of noise. And if I don't get enough sleep, it'll naturally pull me into that, you know, sort of um, lifestyle. So I, I go quiet and see what, what's really pulling at me. And then I ask myself, does that need more time? You know, and bring it back to conversation. What's your desired outcome? Create the empowered individual community, you know, teach the philosophy, mantra, empower people, you know, give back. Ah, that's what I'm about. Okay. Deep breaths, breath work, which we need to talk about. Help me, please. Um, yeah. And so that is ultimately my greatest power is meditation, sitting by myself before I talk to anybody, um, before I touch my phone, check emails, forget about it. It's me. And then I'm a praying man myself. So I say my prayers and then we get to work. Epic. Yeah. And what do you do for your um, your body? Yeah, I'll go to the gym. Yeah. Um, I've, I've reduced. I used to be the guy that wanted all the high numbers, squatting yep. 200, benching 150. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's not me anymore. Um, I'm, I'm trying to get into the calisthenics. I want to be with my body. You know, I'm, I, I don't need to know how much excess resistance I can apply. I want to just be able to move my body, be one with my body, all that, you know, calisthenics, body body movement and stuff like that so that's that's where we are now that's where we headed anyway epic and what about soul how do you how do you like kind of enrich your soul like in the sense of like is it with friends and family or is it with like new experiences or 
I personally, I so my, all my, my my family's back in Malawi. Um, I've got my mum and brother and sister here, but the rest of them are back there. That's where dad uh, was, um, and all my nieces and nephews. And I just like to call them and and and, and just to see where they're at because. You know, we were fortunate enough to come here and live the life that we're living. But I got to remember, like Malawi is the third poorest country in the world. So um, I like to call them and just listen to their laugh, you know, because there's just something about it. I, I, I can't actually put it in words. But yeah, when they say, Uncle Giddy, how are you? And that just, yeah, I, I could move mountains when I listen to that. Yeah. That's so wholesome. I'm so about it. <laughs> I'll take you there one day, my yeah. man. Yeah. Altitude stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you say altitude stuff there? It's altitude, man. Malawi is, yeah. Is it? What's it like? Yeah. Just like super warm or? Yeah, super warm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know how, much, how many levels above sea it is, yeah. but yeah, yeah. Wow, that's crazy though. It's so funny, but isn't it? It's like, and again, it's just like the simple things, right? Like, yeah. We've got we've got too much stimulation happening all the time, which is creating yeah. all the excess problems because we're trying to yeah. solve all these excess things that don't matter. Amen. Whereas we were just Amen. to hunt and to Amen. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so where do you see yourself in the next five years? Where do you want to be? Next five years I want to be an international speaker. I I I do want to travel and, and spread the philosophy. And run some workshops overseas as well, um, throughout India, throughout America, the UK, if possible. So hit those big guys, and yeah. But I want to be internationally, internationally, you know, affiliated. Yeah. Yeah. What What do you think is the most powerful sentence you've said to someone that's changed their life? I would say along the lines of conversation. Yeah. I find that a lot of people, when you ask them, what's your conversation about yourself to yourself? Mm. Oh, well, uh, it, you know, don't tell me what you're competent in. That's, that's good and well. That's a conversation you have with your boss. But what are you saying about yourself to yourself? And that usually gets people ticking. And then, yeah. Happy. Yeah. All right. One last one. So what is it that, you know, if you yourself had 24 hours left, do you think that you'd change anything in your life right now? Yes. Yes. I wouldn't put so much pressure on myself. I feel like I'm trying to change the world by myself. Mm. You know, and um, I'm putting a lot of pressure on myself. Um, there's a lot of things to add to that list of trying to be a director, writer that I'm trying to do. Um, one of them is build a sports complex back in Malawi, you know, yeah. similar to like an IAS. Um, yeah, so. That's epic. Yeah. Yeah, it's all. It is one of those things too, though, isn't it? It's like, you know, sometimes pressure is what creates the diamond. Indeed. Indeed. And um, you you have um, like, I've had conversations with friends who are kind of like, you know, very similar and kind of all on that different, different pathways, different missions, different 
but similar similar values and beliefs around what they want to achieve and who they want to be. And, you know, it's funny, you talk about the conversation pressure and like every person you talk to goes through pressure. Yeah. And, yeah. but there's this, uh, this, this stigma of like, just because, you know, you're doing all these things doesn't mean that you don't feel pressure or you don't feel, you know, overwhelmed at times or stressed or angry or whatever it may be. Yep. All these emotions are like super normal. Like I was chatting to someone this morning who, um, who's been um, starting to like, you know, take steps towards like change, change his own life. You know, he wants to start a podcast and he wants to start to work on, um, you know, shifting to be more productive. And he's like, man, like, I just like, I just overwhelm myself. I think about all these ideas and then it's like, whoa, it's all this yeah. stuff at once. And I just, and then I just don't do anything. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, that's so fine. Like we all do it. Every person. Yes. I like, yeah. some, I've been lucky enough to meet some really successful people and those successful people still feel those things. Yes. They just don't, they just don't bathe in it. They don't, they don't, um, they don't, you know, that that's not what they're, they're showered by. They accept yeah. that this is, this is where we are. Yeah. And, you know, it is a part of the journey and then they just yeah. kind of keep moving on. Yep. And I think it's so wild because like having that projection that, people who do more aren't stressed just makes me laugh yeah <laughs> <no>. <laughs> so like we're, we're humans we're all all we're all doing the same thing you know yes sir yes um, sir so i always think that's always good to touch on because you know on podcasts especially they always talk about the highlight reels and how you know you got to do this or you got to do that and you know this is what i've done etc but no one talks about the fact that they're still a human they still feel everything yes, so i would like to you know take the take the the clothing off people every now and again and be like look we're all naked here we're just standing around we're all the same (laughs) yeah but yeah Yeah. i think that's super epic so for someone listening in who you know you've given some great advice on you know the conversation um and you know like asking yourself the, the right questions um and you know taking time to stop and just reflect on everything what book or audiobook would you recommend someone to read or listen to that you feel would completely change their life for the better i would say uh there's a a, a writer by the name of don miguel ruiz uh he's wrote uh, the four agreements yeah and uh yeah i think go there go there that's a good book it's yeah. so oh, have you read so it straightforward. yeah yeah i've, I've yeah. uh i've uh i've read it slash listened to it and yeah it was, I would honestly wish I listened to that. Like, I don't know, like maybe even like five years ago, it just would have, yeah. Just so, simple. Like it's so simple. It's so easy. Yeah. So, and it just makes sense. And just once so. you add those in, everything changes for the better. Amen. Like, Amen. And it's just like, just do it. Have those, yeah. That, make that your conversation. Make that really yeah. time. Um, yeah, so. for sure. That, that, that's epic. All right. So anyone who wants to um, follow your journey, um, see what you're up to, or even to send you a message, where can they find you on social media? Uh, Gideon Mazembe. That's, yeah, just got that handle, Gideon Mazembe. Or if you want to be up to date with the next coming boot camps or workshops, just go to Zambition on our Instagram, zambition.com. And, yeah. Epic. 
Thanks so yeah. much for joining uh, the podcast today. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been epic to hear, you know, your story and you share, obviously, you know, some of your experiences in life because obviously sharing some of your experiences of what you've done and what you've experienced isn't something easy to do. So it's like super, super, super amazing that you've been able to share that with people listening in, but also add so much value into how people can start to, you know, work on themselves and, you know, start to change their own life. Uh, Thank you very much, my man. I appreciate you, brother. I do. Thanks so much for listening in, guys. I really hope you enjoyed that episode and got some value out of it. If you did get some value out of that episode and you really did enjoy it, then share it with a friend or family member. Share us on social media, leave us a review and help us make a bigger impact in the world today. The more we can inspire people to better themselves and level up their life through self-development, whether it be one little tip here or there, makes all the difference and you might even save a life. Again, thanks so much for listening in. And we'll see you next time.